All right, so I think the stream thing about all things ready to go, though. So, hello, everybody. X here. Back at it again to give you another very exciting video. And for today, marks the fourth episode of my Zardcast series. And, you know, I usually never do these things alone. At least, I try not to. Because with me tonight, Sonic U, which <laughs> I think he just got home recently. He's, he's going through, you know, eating the munchies and all that stuff, getting clean, whatever, though. So, yeah, so it's going to be a little bit before he pops up in here, though. But he should be popping up in here uh, momentarily at any moment, though. So I just got to, you know, solo this out for the meantime until he's able to kind of get up into the fray, though. But quite a bit of topics to actually go through and discuss through tonight. And man, a lot has happened, honestly, since the, the last time I had the, the episode three podcast. I mean, quite a bit of stuff. We had a Nintendo Direct, we had a State of Play, um, shoot. and then, you know, with the Nintendo Direct, we know there's a Sakurai Present, then we had a Pokemon Present that dropped some, a few more games on that, um, some stuff that we we're able to look forward to in 2020, then we even got some, um, some little pop, pop culture segments that I wanted to go through and discuss as well, um, like we got some like new trailers on like a, a Mortal Kombat movie and um things such as a um also a Cruella DeVille one from Disney Plus. So I mean honestly, I, I I certainly was not expecting that. Um some more reboots, which we, we know with kids shows back in the days, they always like to go back and um try to reboot them. Many times, oftentimes they, they don't normally do it well. Got some stuff like that. And then I actually managed to go through and actually watch the new Tom and Jerry movie last night. And I kind of want to go ahead and give some thoughts over um, it as well. Then also on the gaming side of things, had some new games that came out this week. Persona 5 Strikers. Also had Bravely Default 2. Uh, I was going to mention a couple of things about those, but we'll probably get more into the details and topics maybe within the next episode podcast. And then the major topic i wanted to talk about tonight was my personal experience with bowser's fury i'm almost all the way done with beating it but i played enough of the game and in terms of completion like almost um if you were thinking about it in the grand scale of like 100 over 50 percent of the way there though so i think i have enough um I think I have enough experience with the games to be able to go ahead and pretty much almost get my whole entire thoughts on it. So that's basically some of the stuff. I don't think I managed to touch everything, but those are some of the good key highlights. Also, some Final Fantasy VII stuff I'm going to talk about as well. That's probably the last little major highlight, though. So quite a bit of stuff to talk about tonight, though. And I was hoping I could have delayed it just enough. And I'm going to pop up in here, though. But uh, I, I just got to move on, and he, he, he'll pop up in here in just a second, though. So the very first thing we have to talk about is none other than this Mortal Kombat movie. Now, with this movie, honestly, I did not expect... I mean, we, we had a lot of different video game adaptations happening um, from Resident Evil. We had to take the Pikachu. We had the Mario movie coming up. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. We already had the first movie. The second one's in the works coming out in 2022 for that quite a bit of different video game adaptations but never had i ever would have thought that we might have gotten a mortal kombat movie because we we know how gruesome if you ever played a mortal kombat game where you you know you played it on the dirt all n64 almost in the most recent things with most modern consoles now uh you know the blood the gore all the brutality and stuff like that that's in those games you just think like that 
would be pretty crazy to translate into the actual movie. Now, granted, they actually did make a movie about this um, in the past. I never sat down and fully watched the, the whole thing, though. But you know how it was watching, you know, video game adaptation movies back in the past. They weren't necessarily that good, though. But from this trailer, and honestly, I had no idea about it. And one of my friends pointed it out, though. But from what they showcased off in that trailer, it, it, it looks pretty good. I mean, I, I really like my boy Sub-Zero over there. So when I saw him in the trailer, I was like, all right, I, I see you Mortal Kombat. I see you. And some, some really good stuff like that. I, and we knew with this movie, there's no way that you could pull it off with being PG-13. So the movie is rated R because all that blood and stuff, there was just absolutely no way you're going to be able to slide or sneak by up on that, though. So honestly, some some really good stuff that was shown case off in that trailer, though. And y'all got to let me down, down in the comment section down below whether or not you're actually going to see this in theaters or, are you, or is this going to be like a, a movie that you might actually walk wait until dvds or, or you might be one of those people that might be on the fence maybe you're one of those people that are probably going to wait until reviews actually come out before um turning around and actually either you know deciding to look at your wallet and say you know what i'm actually going to make the trip out to the theater through the covid and everything and try to go watch this one or you're just going to wait until dvd hopefully there might be an option where you might be able to actually sit at home and be able to watch it like i know hbo max had quite a bit of their stuff, or at least from the Warner Brothers side of things, where you're able to actually watch it from home. So that would be a really nice little thing if, if that would be the case, though. But this is something we're going to have to keep an eye out on. And hopefully, if the trend stay, you know, manages to stay up in terms of being able to watch being able to watch essentially any of these um these video game adaptation movies, hopefully this stays on the up and up. Because I I mean since detective pikachu has dropped i hadn't seen a bad video game adaptation movie though so hopefully fingers crossed we managed to get this one pulled off they managed to pull this one off just right though but i am sort of kind of looking forward to watching this movie though so that's basically all i have to say on the mortal kombat thing we'll see if sonic Q whenever he does pop back up in here if he has uh two cents to say on this though but that's basically all i have to say on the mortal kombat movie now, the second thing that we had a trailer for was none other than Coella DeVille. Whole freaking shoot. I honestly was not expecting this at all for this movie. Like, like I literally had a friend, and I, and I ain't going to disclose, you know, his stuff or information or whatever, though. But he sort of kind of gave you a heads up that this Coella DeVille um, movie was going to get a trailer drop case off on the very next day. And I was like, really now? I'm like, okay. I'm like. I was like, you know how it is with these Disney movies. It's sort of kind of mixed. Like some people really like them, some people really don't, and it, it sort of kind of goes back and forth, though. So honestly, it, it's like I just don't know exactly what was I gonna expect with this trailer. And after I watched the trailer, I kid you not, gosh dang, I feel like this is Disney's version of a Harley Quinn. Like, Coella DeVille, when you look at the original 101 Dalmatians or 102 Dalmatians, she's like the crazy villain, like Ursula from, like, you know, The Little Mermaid or Jafar from um, Aladdin, you know, Aladdin. She just seems like a typical, normal, sort of kind of crazy, a little more crazy than the normal crazy villain that sort of kind of related with the 101 Dalmatian series, though. But with this one, it's almost sort of kind of like it's almost sort of kind of like with, um, I want to say, if if I'm not mistaken, I want to say it's sort of kind of like, um, gosh, I can't even think of the name of the movie right now. I was like, I I'm picturing her up, literally the first thing that had a Disney adaptation that was real life. I 
oh my gosh i have it on the top of my head but i can't actually think of it at the moment though it's gonna come back to me a little bit later though but I feel like this one is like we're getting purely a movie soloed on her. She could be a very interesting character, though. But the way how they sort of kind of portrayed her, she definitely seemed like a Harley Quinn version that, you know, the DC, the superhero DC universe they try to build up for her. Because she goes completely off the wall. Like, like she it looks like she's trying to, you know, we know that she does some illegal activity with the Dalmatian, trying to get that, you know, Dalmatian fur coat and everything like that. No, but. She was doing some crazy stuff, almost made it seem like she got into prison and all of this stuff, like, you know, like, out in the street, looking crazy, like, like, the picture I got right up here right now seems like the calmer side of her, but there was some crazier shots in that movie, I was like, is this actually rated PG-13, like, it, I, I think Disney was really pushing this um movie by quite a bit and i was like whole freaking shoot like i didn't i didn't think we would ever kind of get a movie like that that would have been almost pushing it in terms of the perception of how we sort of kind of portray these things like i don't think anybody in their right mind actually asked for this movie i certainly wasn't i wasn't expecting this but it's going to be something. And I don't know whether or not I actually will go to the theater to actually watch this when the movie comes out. It'll be definitely something I will watch regardless just to see how it kind of turned out. But it'll probably be something I'll have to see on DVD whenever that movie does drop out. But y'all just got to let me know. I'm like, I'm just sort of kind of flabbergasted. I, I still can't. I still cannot get my mind wrapped around it. I'm like, oh, shoot. Man, I, oh, man, I'm still kicking myself because I still can't think of that other movie. Um, basically, Maleficent. Whole freaking shoot. I knew it started with an M, but yes. Okay, so Maleficent. This is like the Maleficent version of instead of, you know, dealing with that with Sleeping Beauty and all of this stuff, they're trying to do it with 101 Dalmatians. The Maleficent version, but they're pumping in a whole bunch of Harley Quinn up in there. That's what this movie basically is. Put those two together, and that's what you... That's what you're sort of kind of getting with the premises on this one, though. So, honestly, some some really crazy stuff right here within this um, trailer, though. But y'all got to let me know. Are y'all really excited about looking for this? Or uh, it's, it's, it's just another movie, you know, this is just milking another movie. Um, just trying to get people's money. I, I just don't know. Now, the next topic is going to be about Draft Punk. However, I'm going to put that one off because I know Sonic Youth wants to actually talk about that in probably greater detail. So I'll skip over that one for now and see if I can manage to come back to it a little bit later on them. Now, the next thing I want to say is, here we go again with those reboots because uh, apparently the Rugrats movie is actually getting rebooted. Or not the Rugrats movie, but the Rugrats series. I'm like, what the heck? I was like, I, I guess this, the art style sort of kind of works because it, it just feels like the 3D version of what was like the 2D animation from back in the day. Um, just watching that stuff on, on Nickelodeon, though. Would I watch it? I might just have to watch one just to see how they kind of deal with this, though. Wouldn't be probably anything I would consistently watch, but I'll just probably watch at least a, one, if it manages to catch my interest, maybe a couple more, just to kind of see how well they actually managed to do this sort of kind of reboot. Or whether or not they just tank it completely and, and it just sort of kind of um, just kind of gets trashed or whatnot, though. So I, I definitely got to see exactly how that one kind of gets turned out, though. But y'all got to let me know. Is that going to be a show that you're really looking forward to or 
probably not. I, I'm very skeptical about this as a whole. Like, I just honestly do not know. I really don't know. Now, the next one. Now, this is a Nickelodeon announcement I'm kind of excited for, but also dreary for at the same time because apparently Nickelodeon opened up a whole new studio that's this based purely for creating things that's relating with Avatar. Now, we know with Avatar, there's, there's two main series. Avatar The Last Airbender, the good series. And then you have The Legend of Korra, which I still liked it, but it's not nearly as good or nearly holds up as well as, you know, the OG Avatar The Last Airbender. Now, honestly, I've been really wanting some brand new, I want some brand new content for years. I mean, years in terms of what they've been showcasing off within these series. I did like, even though Legend of Korra did rub some people a little bit the wrong way, I do remember that season two being really good in terms of explaining how the, the first Avatar was actually born and how the Avatar state was created and every other Avatar after that was able to bend all the four different elements. So I really do like little things that they explain within that though. But the big question is, even though they're creating this Avatar Studios, what could essentially come from it? Now, I know I have a feeling that they are going to be putting... Or at least the first thing is going to be relating something with Aang. And I sort of kind of want something that's in between the Avatar The Last Airbender and The Legend of Korra. Like that middle age life. Like I feel like they're going to stick in some kind of other crisis that happened during his middle age life. Maybe closer when he was like a young adult. Maybe 20 something something like that. Almost the age of Legend of, you know, almost the age of Korra. But maybe a little bit older. Something that happened during that time frame. Before Korra kind of came around, though. That's my um, biggest hope on that, though. But uh, a lot of good news with this, but also very skeptical. Again, this is not like a live adaptation on this. Even though we knew that there was sort of kind of live adaptation with Netflix kind of going on. I don't remember exactly, you know, what was the status on that, though. But this is purely for an animated series. So I'm like, okay, at least we don't have to worry about that from that point perspective, though. But in terms of the rest of it, I'm like, okay. I was like, I, I just want to have hope. Like, please, Nickelodeon, please do something right. You did a lot of different reboots and all of this kind of stuff. Some people, some, eh, some, meh, but please do not. And I mean, do not mess up my Avatar series, man. Like, that's just the one thing that I felt like they hadn't completely trashed or thrown over in terms of everything else from every older show I, I'd known and grown up from, from the 90s and 2000s onward up. Like, just please just get this sucker right. Like, please, I, I, I just like, please, you, you got to do it. You got to do it, Nickelodeon. You just got to do it. Now, that's basically all I have to say on the Avatar Studios related thing. But if any of y'all are an Avatar fan, y'all got to let me know. Are you really excited about this? Or are you on the fence? Or are you just so you know skeptical on it that you're just like, I just don't know until we get to see or at least hear more information on this project as time goes by. So y'all just got to let me know about all of that, though. Now, the, now, one of the last couple of different announcements is I actually got to watch the Tom and Jerry movie. And you know what? It's something I definitely have to give a sort of a little mini review on because Honestly, I watched that last night, and thanks to, you know, HBO Max being able to actually showcase that, where you're able to watch it on that service, as comparison to actually going to the theater. So I got to watch it, you know, at the good at home, watch it in my little mini theater room, uh, got to pop the popcorn, drink the soda, almost had the full, you know, nine yards kind of going up in my joint, though. But this one, 
I was like, now some people, and I, and I know some people were in the reviews or very critical on this because the way how this sort of kind of movie is handled, it's very similar in the way of movies such as Space Jam or Roger Rabbit. So a lot of people were sort of kind of making comparison to those and saying that it wasn't living up to that. And I was like, you know what, me personally, I know it's not going to live up to the hype as one of those kind of movies. That's just crazy. But as long as they can do some crazy animation with some good interaction with the real world items and the world that's sort of kind of going on around them, it'll just be a good sit and a fun watch. And you know what I got to say? I was like, it was a good watch. I don't know if I would like immediately turn around and watch it again or nothing like that, though. Maybe some point in the distant future, I'll watch it again, though. But it was a nice little fun watch just watching it for the very first time. And I was like, okay, yeah, because essentially what the movie is sort of kind of based upon is, you know, you had this one girl and the most of the plot revolved around her. And then obviously Tom and Jerry, though, Tom's over here just kind of rocking on the piano or whatnot, though. Um, Jerry happens to be moving into the Big Apple, you know, this, you know, basically taking place in the Big Apple. And basically Jerry's trying to find his, you know, his whole new home. And he was like, okay. And he sort of kind of messed with Tom a little bit, though. And that caused them to, you know, play cat and mouse all the way to where this big old hotel was going to um, be happening. And essentially they had like a very popular couple that were going to get married, like had like millions and probably like millions, millions and millions of dollars. And they were in the hotel and they were supposed to basically have their whole entire wedding, um, their wedding there within the hotel itself though. Now, of course, having something pretty fancy like that, and something super pristine, and something supposed to be super nice and elegant, and then you introduce Tom and Jerry to the equation, it things just weren't gonna fly. Um, there were some pretty um, noticeable actors in here. I think the one that most people will probably um, recognize is the one dude that literally plays as um, as um, Scott or Ant Man's um, one of his best friends uh, within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. His friend is actually in this movie. You know, the dude that's really funny and whatnot, though. He's in here, and I think he was pretty... He almost played almost like a soda kind of a pseudo-antagonist. He wasn't full bad or nothing like that, though. But when things weren't going his way, then he sort of kind of tried to, you know, manipulate and make certain things kind of bend to his will, though. But, of course, Tom and Jerry are definitely the stars of the show. And I, I love so many different moments that they did. Like even the first little bit of the montage of, you know, how like they roll the credits through the very beginning. Honestly, it, it was just like little things. I think with Tom and Jerry and their little interactions, it was like from him, like hitting or like with Jerry kind of like holding his hand kind of in a cuff and acting like it was staring at something in his hand and then balling it up and punching Tom in the, in the eye things like that. Or whenever like Tom was trying to smack him and then Jerry's trying to do these like, funny little dance poses or whatever that's like barely dodging right before had a little few little teases to if you watch any of the tom and jerry um cartoons had little teases here and there almost spread throughout the whole entire movie though but it was very strong towards the very beginning so that it kind of started off a really good start and i'm not going to try to spoil the, the whole entire movie though but you know just the movie as a whole i did like it it was a good watch it was good fun I uh, got, you know, got a little few little chuckles out of me here and there. Not a crazy, insane plot. There are some very somewhat sort of kind of predictable moments, at least, um, that happen within this movie, though. But 
honestly, you just got to keep your mind open, you know, just kind of sit back, just be along with the ride. If you, if you're a fan of just watching the cartoons, I'm pretty sure you're going to like this. And the, the animations that they did throughout multiple different um, parts during this movie was pretty crazy and pretty top notch. If I have to say so myself, I think that was the thing that was constantly kind of bringing me back up in there. Um, just seeing multiple different fight scenes between these two whenever things were kind of duking it out. I mean, of course, you had your obvious little moments where, you know, when Tom's trying to contemplate whether or not he's going to do something against Jerry or try to help him out. And you have, obviously, the angel on one side and the, the devil or whatever on the other side, though. You know, there was a little bit of teasers about everything within this movie, though. So, honestly, some really good stuff that was in this movie. I really loved almost every single moment of it, though. But if if you're thinking about it or contemplating, you know, should you watch this movie, if you have HBO Max, I highly recommend you just watching it. Because, I mean, most nights, you might just be chilling, trying to find something to do. I mean goodness you might want to go ahead and just watch this movie if you do now if you're thinking about going to the movie theaters and you don't have hbo max well that might be a little bit different and you're gonna to have to make that judgment call yourself um speaking from that angle you might just want to wait until the dvd comes out just saying though but yeah that's that's basically what i have to say on that though so if you can if you're able to and you're willing to spend the money if you don't already have hbo max i do recommend it if not you know just wait until it comes out on dvd though but it for at least for me it was a very fun and pleasant watch really good and really fun but if any of y'all has you know seen this movie i guess without sort of kind of giving away any kind of spoilers y'all can just let me know down in the chat or the comments below um what do you think about this movie though or if you have any questions about it i might be able to actually respond to some of your stuff maybe a little bit later it, it, you know if you want to hear a little bit more about my thoughts about it beyond what i just said uh, within this one little segment though now that almost pretty much about does it in terms of my little mini little review over Tom and Jerry though. Now the next thing I wanted, there's only one more actual pop culture segment that I wanted to discuss and gosh, Sonic, you running real late. So I'm like, oh shoot, I, I guess I'll sort of kind of hold it off because I honestly, I know a little bit about it, but not too much about, you know, the breakup between um, Draft Punk because I know like there was like one particular kind of song that they sort of kind of did um, back in, or golly, I'm trying to think of, oh, shoot. You want to get lucky. You want to get lucky. Like that song right there, that one was always hitting with me. These people have been together for the longest time, had a very strong presence uh, within the musical industry like that. And I won't say too much more beyond that because, oh, shoot. I, I think, I think, I think, he, I think I summoned him. I think I summoned him. Sonic, you, what's going on, man? It's all good, man. It's like the second it's I, all good. Can't complain. It's like the second I mentioned draft punk and all this stuff. Then that's when you want to choose the side to pop up in here. I mean, your timing is a little uncanny. After what? I, I was like the second that I mentioned draft punk, then you wanted to what pop up that? in there. Draft. Well, punk. wait. Oh, oh, it's not Draft Punk, it's Daft Punk. Why do I keep saying Daft, Daft Punk? Punk? Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Forgive me, forgive me. you wrote it down as Draft Punk. You know what, that might have been okay. autocorrect doing that for me. I, I, sh- I should have double or even triple checked it. Daft Punk. Golly, I don't know why. It, uh, it was just correcting it on my end. But, but since I'm already at the topic, you, you might as well go ahead and explain what you got to say about the breakup. 
Mm-hmm. So I'll let you take it away. I can't hear you, man. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I said I'll let you take it away for the Daft Punk. Oh. Wait, are you still able to hear me? Okay, I can hear you now. Okay, yeah. I said go ahead and start talking about your experience with Daft Punk and whatever you want to say about that breakup. All right, so I was was, was younging back in the olden days of YouTube, and uh, one of the first videos I ever saw was, and I'm like, wait, what's going on? So he starts moving his fingers, and each word would say, you know, the lyrics to the song, and like, oh, that's a cool song. It wasn't until like later till I find till I find out, oh, it's Daft Punk, and I started listening to all their other music, and I'm like, whoa, this I can jam to. Yeah, because I think uh, I think the the only one I I'm able to pull off of the top of my mind was like Get Lucky. That's the, like w- when I heard them mention that as like one of the examples. I was like, oh, okay. I got you. But I don't yeah, know exactly how these, many other ones I listen to. These two French robots became international, like, and just like global, like around the world, around the world. Because literally one of their songs. I don't think I heard that. Yeah. I don't know. Like when I, when I saw that they broke up, dang. We never got the that Daft Punk Gorillas crossover, bro. Yeah, it's a shame because I, I really like those two bands, and Gorillas is still going on. Mhm. But, but yeah, it I saw the the last video they they uploaded on their channel. It was literally one of them blowing up, and the other one just walking into the sunset. Oh, and actually. Yeah, and that was like when one of our re- reference to like one of the older videos. Hmm. I forget what it was though. Yeah, and you know the old quote goes, uh, "All good things must come to an end." Mhm. So yeah. So yeah, some really good music right there. Just, uh, just, just never forget. Just never forget. Now, I don't know exactly how much you heard of some of the other pop culture things. Like, if you wanted to say something about the Mortal Kombat movie or the Coelho DeVille things, I gave my thoughts on them. I didn't know if you wanted to say anything about that, the Rorax, Avatar, whatever. For the Mortal Kombat movie, it looks really good. It's very promising. However, they messed up on one thing. Well, two things, but I don't know about the second thing. One, when Scorpion shed get over here it was not ed boon yelling it i don't know like you have to have like the creator yell it because that's like the that's the iconic get over here uh-huh. and then the second thing for Mortal combat i don't know it's, it's just personally me but the original one had like that techno music then the music plays mm-hmm. i swear they, they they have to at least reference that in the movie I feel like there's going to be so many things for people that want to have reference. However, I feel like they're only going to manage to get so much in there. I don't know, me personally, thinking about it. And then for the Cruella DeVille tra- trailer, it, man, like, I didn't really like, care much about it, but when I saw <laughs> when I saw her, she just reminded me of Harley Quinn, but like, 
the Disney version of Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was like, this, yeah, it, it literally is. Like, they took Maleficent and it's like, you know what, let's just add like a whole bunch of Harley Quinn formula, but do it with the 102 Dalmatians antagonists. And I'm like, golly, like, I, I just can't believe they did that. I was kind of, I was kind of shocked. Yeah. Those are my thoughts on that. Alright, is that... I don't have much to say. And I think the only other things I mentioned was like the Rugrats reboot, the Avatar studios, and the Tom and Jerry thing. I gave like a mini review on my Tom and Jerry movie experience. Well, I can't, I can't say much about Tom and Jerry, but the Rugrats thing, they should just leave it alone. Just leave Rugrats alone. Like, all right, you don't need to like touch up on it, a reboot or anything. Leave it alone. Yeah. Avatar Studio, I don't know. I I I don't know about that. Avatar Studios, I really hope that they're. I I feel like the matter of fact that they actually said it's animation, it's not like live action and whatnot though, gives me a bit of hope. That's all I got to say. Well, I, it, I have to wait. It better not be live action. No, they, they confirmed it, it. It was it was an animated studio. So it's like probably get oh, something pretty. Oh, cool. so it's not gonna yeah. be live action. No, even though there was a project that was supposed to be a live action thing, uh, I, don't, I don't know what happened with that with the Netflix thing. But this whole Avatar Studios thing, no, that's purely for an animation department that Nickelodeon owns. Uh, well, as long as it's not live action, like that movie that that is, that was like the worst one ever made. Yeah. Oh gosh, that movie. Don't even get me started on that movie. Holy shoot! I was like, I remember I was so hyped as a kid, it, it but then looks, it's like when it, you actually saw it, so, I was like, no. It felt so cheap, like so cheap. Oh, it really was. Uh, like, that's like the only way I can describe it. Cheap. It was because I was like, I remember the Earth bending. It was like literally like I don't know what they got from no, Prop Up. It's like rocks and like managed to actually like make something that just popped up out of the ground and kind of went back down. The fire bending was probably the most convincing because I feel like you can get people with flamethrowers. That was probably the most convincing. And then water bending nah, was, like, was completely That kind of destroys the whole point of fire bending because they have to breathe to like put the fire, like to shoot fire from their hands. Them just like like grabbing fire that makes him like super weak compared to like to the other ones in the show or in the movie i mean yeah i was just saying like in terms of fire compared to water air and earth the fire just looked a little more convincing even though just it wasn't like drastically convincing like what you said just because it's probably easier it, to mess with fire than it like looked weak stuff. yeah i can't even remember the air bending to be honest and the water bending that's probably all cg but yeah, so so hopefully that turns out good. I really hope so, because uh, I'm kind of hungry for some new. Uh, I'm hungry for some new Avatar content. I've been wanting that stuff for years. So here's hoping. It turns uh, like Coral was all right for like the first season, and I just did no, not care for like the other seasons. No, you must have liked season two too. You can't say you didn't like um, season two. Season two explained about the oh. whole Avatar state and how that was created with the first Avatar. Like I thought, season one to season two was really good. Then people sort of kind of felt mixed from season three onward. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just stopped. I just did not care to watch it anymore. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's... That was like the original Avatar. That show was good. Oh, yeah. That, that That's just top tier, man. It's just top tier. You, you can't beat it, man. You just can't beat it. Mm-mm. 
All right, and that pretty much does it in terms of the whole pop culture segment. So quite a bit of um, pretty good, you know, a little bit of news, some shocking news, and nothing really disappointing, I guess. The closest thing to that might have been the Red Rats thing, though, but so, some pretty good pop culture stuff. Now let's go ahead and switch over to the gaming stuff because this week we had a Nintendo Direct. If you hadn't already done so, I already got like the video that literally like deep dived into all my thoughts up in it. Unfortunately, me and Sonic, you went and discussed the thing as well on the night of of whenever the the direct actually took place. Unfortunately, that one got messed up due to some technical reasons and me trying to mess with music and stuff like that. And if you wanted to watch that one, <laughs> you can actually go to my deep dive discussion in the description box. You can actually click on the link because it's unlisted as a video. You can click on that and be able to still listen to it. Just be warned. You're going to have to play with your audio settings and be really patient in order to try to make out the words that I'm saying and what Sonic was saying, though. But, oh, shoot, man, that, that was a direct right there, though. But all the thoughts are basically in those couple of videos, though. But did you have anything else that you need to say, Sonic or anything that you got to digest from this direct or any other future stuff that we learned about any of these things that you also wanted to add? Uh, pre-ordering stuff was a chaos. Was just oh, chaotic. Oh shoot! I I need to mention. Oh crap! You had to like you oh. had to pre-order. I'm not talking about me, but I'm talking about you. Though. You pre-ordered from so many different stores, and now you're gonna have to like drive back and forth, like where, like to another city. Was I, it? Another city. Okay, so let me break this mess down. So originally, the the direct happened on the Wednesday. So the very next thing on the Thursday, that's when the stuff started hitting and dropping. I think the first thing that went up, I want to say, was the the Pro Controller at Best Buy for the, the Monster Hunter Rise Pro Controller. So I, I, I was on Discord with all y'all, and I was trying to share out to all my friends when certain stuff was dropping. Because I was usually the one that always figured out first. Then all the rest of y'all would figure out basically almost primarily through me. Unless for some reason I didn't say something, then y'all figured out. But usually I'm always the first person to figure this mess out because of the people who I follow and stuff. And I, I usually, I, I, kn- I know how to work the system when it comes to pre-ordering stuff that normally likes to get bought out real quick. Like my Amiibo hunting days, you know, they, they taught me well. They, they just taught me real well, though. So that Monster Hunter Rise Pro Controller it was the first thing to drop at, um, on Best Buy. I was literally at work, literally working in the back. And uh, I I got I got the notification. I was like, oh shoot, it's going down. And I I sent it out to all y'all. That's that controller sold out in an hour at Best Buy. And then I think later on, I think it, it opened up at GameStop, and I think it lasted an hour over there. Then the second thing, I think, literally on the same day or the very next day, the Monster Hunter Rise Switch dropped, and it almost seemed like like what the information you were sharing, Sonic, you that it was going to be GameStop only. And I was like, for, I was like, stinking GameStop over here. I was like, for, I, like, for like the longest time. Yeah, for the longest time, it was only just at GameStop. So I was like, you know what? I ain't got to roll the dice. I need a new Switch. I really wanted the Monster Hunter 1. Let me just go ahead and get it. I got it. Thankfully, I got it. And I think it was up for maybe like somewhere between one and two hours. And then the thing sold out. And I was like, oh, shoot. And for the longest time, it did not go up after that. And then obviously, the, yeah. the very last thing was the Skyward Sword Joy-Cons. I think that was the hardest thing to get that it was it like it really was i think gamestop sold down like 10 minutes was it or was it less i know it was like a short enough short time when they sold out i know i tweeted the the stats on certain things that were selling out i can't remember if i'm able to pull it up though but yeah because i think the skyward sword uh joy cons they were up 
No, 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 no. First, they went up at Best Buy. Best Buy is it's usually between Best Buy and GameStop are the ones that always drop the stuff first. Eight times out of ten is usually Best Buy. And with the Skyward Sword uh, and Joy-Cons, that was the case. So they were up, kid you not, at Best Buy for like somewhere between 10 to 12 minutes. I think oh, I, I think it was 12. First. No, it was Best Buy. It was Best Buy. It was Best Buy. No, oh wait, or was it GameStop? Like they oh no, 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 no. You're right. You're right. It was GameStop. Yeah, it was GameStop because like GameStop. I t- I I tweeted uh I didn't tweet. I tagged you and uh and Chode, Remember? I do remember that at GameStop. I think it lasted for like maybe half an hour. It, it was significantly longer than uh, whenever it went up at Best Buy. So yeah, it, it lasted for a while, and I was able to make the judgment call if I wanted to or not. I was like, no. GameStop already got my money on the Monster Hunter Rise Switch. I do not want to give my, uh, I do not want to give GameStop any more money than what I actually have to. So I said, you know what? I'll wait for Best Buy. I literally was at work working. I checked my notifications. Twelve. It, the the thing was up for twelve minutes and saying, hey, uh, Monster or not Monster. Hunter, um, the the Joy Cons are up at Best Buy. I was like, oh, okay, let me let me go ahead and pre-order this mess. I was like, literally, like in in like the back of the store, like hunched over by some wood or something like that, trying to get, trying to get this stuff pre-ordered on my phone and figure out that sucker sold out in twelve minutes at Best Buy. I was like, bro, I was I was so upset. I was like, bro, I was like, at I that think point, the scal- scalpers were just like being ready for Best Buy, they and were. then they didn't like pay attention to GameStop going up first. Yeah, because once GameStop, GameStop went up, it was, a, it was a signal flare that get ready because all the rest of the retailers about to slowly drop out. So then they were already hunched over Best Buy's website, and the second that sucker went up, it, it was gone. I know some people got I'm, it, some people didn't. I was upset. I'm just waiting for Amazon to go up so I can just pre-order them and just cancel the ones I have at GameStop. Yeah, I do have Amazon Prime. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It'll be good for whichever ones you have benefits for. And then I was thinking, like, I can, like, I can wait. It's just that I just wanted to see if I can get them like the day of instead mm-hmm. of just a few days later. That is true. Yeah, I mean, yeah, get them as close as what you possibly can because that's how I felt like with the Switch. But I wasn't done with that Joy Cons though because I was like, I-, I ain't gonna quit. And I know some people. And some other people were like mocking me, like, "Ha, ah, this is what you get for getting that uh that Yoshi Crafted World for like thirty dollars." I was like, "Boy, please!" I was like, "No, I, 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 I no, Wait, I don't give what a." What game was that? Yoshi's. Uh, oh, I said Yoshi's Crafted World. I meant to say um, um Yoshi's Crappy World. No, did you not... say Yoshi's Crappy World? I said Crafted, but no, that's not even the game I was meant to talk about. <laughs> oh shoot, oh, Mario popped up in here. Man, how's it going? Yeah, he's been here. I just I didn't think you'd. <laughs> he's I been here. Doing something else, I cannot say. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we were explaining about some um, some stuff that was happening with uh, pre-order stuff from the direct. So I was like, so I was explaining with the Joy Cons and stuff. So I was like, no, just because I got that three, no, it was like three or four, no, four dollars and twenty cents. I remember that stuff. Four dollars and twenty cents. Um, Captain Toad at Walmart. I was not gonna give up on these Joy Cons. So I was like, no, mock me all you want, but I'm I'm getting these Joy Cons. The days went on. Wednesday, Thursday went into Friday. Friday went into Saturday. Saturday went into Sunday. Sunday went into Monday. It was either Monday or Tuesday. I was almost losing hope. 
I almost saw the distant right. Uh, I saw the clouds on the horizon. I was like, the, the sun has gone up and the sun has gone down. Maybe I just missed out on something that was glorious, epic. Alexis, my boy over there, managed to get the Joy-Cons. I sadly did not. He even managed to get two sets of Joy-Cons and said he's giving the other one to his brother. I felt real bad. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I, I looked down at my weary phone and I saw the notification and it popped down from Nintendo and it said, the Joy-Cons are up. They are up. They're the Zelda Joy-Cons. They're up at Target. Get them now. I swiped that thing down so fast. I ran that to the break room. I was like, no, I'm not losing this one. I was like, I was like, forget GameStop. I'm so sorry, Best Buy. I wasn't able to get it from you, but Target, no, you're going to have to be my dude for the day. And I got them Joy-Cons and I felt so good. I was like, I was like, shoot. I wasn't able to do like in-store pickup because I guess something with the pre-ordering or something like that, the way I did relate or the whole COVID thing, I guess, essentially. I wasn't able to get it in store, but I had it shipped to my house. I was like, you know what? Joy-Cons, they're just controllers. I'm a, I'm willing to have them a couple of days later. So I was like, all righty. And I won that battle. For $75, then they will drift later on. Sir, I'm probably literally only going to play the, the use those Joy-Cons while I'm playing Skyward Sword. And after that, they're just probably going to be sitting attached to my Switch. Because I don't play my Switch in handheld mode that much. So I, probably... I do. I do a lot. Oh, you actually do? I don't. Yeah. I mean, if they even if they do drift, I can fix the Joy-Cons. Well, that, yeah. Yeah, you can it, yeah. It's pretty. It's actually pretty easy to do it by yourself. It only takes like 10 minutes to do it, and that's it. It's not that hard. Mm. You just need like a trialing and a regular screwdriver. That's it. And then the part, like the, the, the joystick part, obviously. Yeah, because I think most people aren't going to actually kind of go through the time to actually get the tri-wing screw and then try to order the part. And it's actually mess not with that the hard. You, you can get it on Amazon and you get it the next day. Like yeah. what happened to me? Yeah, because I think just the normal, like the average consumer ain't really going to go through all those links. Like think about it, a dad with like two or three kids. No, he ain't going to probably do that. But someone like you, yeah, more likely to kind of invest in the time to actually figure out how to do all of that stuff, though. But yeah, Mario, I do not think I'm going to play with they those other Joy-Cons, at least not that much. I'll play with them, look at them, and they're probably going to be a trophy, and they're just going to be sitting there on, attached to my Switch. That'll probably be it, to be honest. So yeah. Man, they're meant to be played. They're like shoes. You're, meant, you're, you're supposed to wear them. That's why I wear my Mario shoes. You actually wear them shoes, man. Well, why would I? Why would I have bought them if I wasn't going to wear them? Sir, you're supposed to take the box and frame the box, and then you're supposed to take the shoes. You know, oh, clean them the daily. Box. Clean, clean them daily. Clean them shoes daily. You got, you got to have that the nice prime clean shoes, and uh, put them in a trophy case. And you ain't supposed to touch them because you know that stuff's going to have value like years later, man. And you don't wear them. And then you just kept them in top tier shape, man. You you probably have like some expensive pair of shoes in in the distant future. But no, you ain't gonna listen to this information back in this podcast because you're gonna wait. How much you pay for them shoes? Were they like a hundred something? Yeah, something like that. Well, their shoes are supposed to be. You're supposed to wear them. So yeah, they're they're probably gonna shoot up to five hundred dollars. I'm gonna be like, you're like, you should have listened to me. You should have listened to Zard. I'm like. Yeah, I try to tell you back. I need shoes. I need a walk. I need something to walk in. Get them Couldn't cheap shoes from Walmart. Shoes. From the $40 shoes, man. And then trophy up them 100s. No. 
I already have them. I already have shoes. Bruh. All right. Gonna wear them. So, yeah, that, so that's about it on the Zelda Joy-Cons. And then, so I basically got everything pre-ordered at that point. I had the controller, I had the Monster Hunter Rise Switch, and I had the Zelda Joy-Cons. But I was like, you know what? Forget GameStop. I really did not want to get that <laughs> Switch from them. And then, Do finally, you have the Monster Hunter game pre-ordered? Huh? The Monster Hunter game comes with the actual Switch itself. So I always had it. Oh, yeah, that is true. So, yeah. Oh, well, you're good then. Yeah. So then I was like, okay, I, I was basically good at that point. But then Best Buy said, Hey, here's the the Monster Hunter Rise Switch. Literally, that sucker went up at like 1:20 in the morning. It was sometime uh, last week. I want to say it was maybe during the middle of the week, or I want to say Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. No, Friday. No, it went up on Friday. Friday morning at 1:20 in the morning. I was like, gosh dang it! I've, unfortunately, it sold out at my store, but it did manage to have some stock where you're able to pick it up at. Um, a little city up north, and I was like, okay, you know what? I I'm, I was able to kind of get it from there. I had to make like a twenty minute drive to head up north, but that's so much better getting it on launch day rather than having it being shipped from like GameStop, which were gonna give it to me on Monday. So that was the game with the system, and I was like, bro, I, I don't want to do all that. So now that I got that from Best Buy, I'm good. I'm set. I got everything pre ordered. I could throw that behind me. I feel good and complete. The only thing is, I think you getting them Joy-Cons at Amazon, and I think Alexis wants the Joy-Cons at Amazon. Yeah. But yeah, that pretty much does it. Wait, hold on here. So, Mario, you you, you didn't get them Zelda Joy-Cons? Yeah, I just don't feel like it's necessary. Bro, uh, nah, nah. Nah, he is a, he a fake Zelda, Zelda fan, Sonic. He, he a fake fan. He a fake fan. He doesn't even like Zelda. He likes he likes high school idols. Oh no, Bruh, Do I have to remind you who bought the Xenoblade Chronicles Two Pro controller? You know, I bought it too. You know what? Speaking of those Pro controllers, after I get the Monster Hunter Rise one and I had the Smash one, I might just say, you know what? Forget it. I might just go and collect all the other ones because I'm only missing two other ones. That would've been the Xenoblade Two one and the uh, the Splatoon Two one. There's like three left on Amazon for a hundred dollars. And I was like, gosh dang. Even It's weird how they always say that, but I guess somehow they always manage to keep finding stock somewhere. I don't know. But basically, to get those other two controllers, it's like 100 a piece. And I'm like, golly. Because originally, I guess they sold for 75 So you're paying an extra 25 But yeah, that, that basically does in terms of the, the pre-ordering fiasco that was related with that Nintendo Direct. And in terms of hearing our thoughts and discussions on the Direct, uh, you can go back and watch those other videos on my channel, though. But Mario, we didn't actually get to hear your thoughts on the on the direct. Uh, what do you think about it? Yeah, I guess it was alright. The only thing that got me hyped up was the Pyro reveal and Platoon Three. That's just about it. I, I figured that probably would have been the case for you. I kind of wanted to hear your reaction because I, I can imagine what it probably sounded like, but I I, I just kind of wanted to hear it. <laughs> I literally, I was, I was gonna scream out Pyra while I was working, but I can't because there are some people that could hear me. You should have done it anyway, yeah, he had, man. He, he had to stay quiet. Nah, he didn't yeah. have to stay quiet. He, he, he could have just yelled it out to the world, man. Not at Amazon. They would have, they would have sniped him. They would have killed him. Man, it, it was honestly a good thing I actually watched that at home, so I was able to capture my reaction for the Zelda stuff, Splatoon 3, and uh, the Mithra Empire in Smash.
because whole shoot, I lost it. I probably wouldn't have even been able to keep my composure when Mithra was shown at work. I probably wouldn't have. Somebody would have been looking at me across the table crazy. And I would be like, oh, shoot. I knew I should have took it out to my car. But, oh, shoot. We got some really good stuff right there, though. But I think that about does it in terms of that topic. So we might as well go ahead and move on to the other one. Unless there's anything else to say. Whoa. There's a trading card game for Konosuba. Wait, what? Yeah. I never thought they <laughs> never thought they actually did cards, but I never did. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not getting that. <laughs> Bruh. Alright, and then the next thing we have is right, what you state say? of play. Because we got like a new state of play direct or I, I always like to say direct, but they always call their thing state of plays. We had another one of those presentations from Sony that was revealed this week. Honestly, I only came out of it with three major things. It's how they started it, how they threw something in the middle, and then basically how they ended it. They started it off with some like some Crash 4 stuff in terms of like having like next-gen upgrades Crash. and stuff. And I was like, okay, that seems pretty nice and stuff. I was like, I still not like the hugest, biggest, you know, Crash person or fan in the world, though. So I was like, oh, okay, all right, whatever, though. And then in the middle of their presentation, gosh dang there was something in the middle of their presentation I think I liked, but I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. It was um, it was sort of kind of like this sort of kind of game that like looked like almost anime-ish kind of related. Um, it was something with that art style, something like that. I can't even remember the name of the thing. Gosh, I don't know. It's always something remembering the stuff that up in their um the presentations though. But then the key critical thing at the very end, which that's the thing that most people all stepped away from was the Final Fantasy VII Remake, you know, next-gen yeah. upgrade, which I know Mario here actually had. He's one of the only friends I know that actually has uh, the PS5 at the moment. How the heck did you get your hands on one, or you just happen to get lucky whenever those went up? Like, did you get it from Amazon or Best Buy or what? He stole Amazon it from Amazon. Oh, okay. So you got it from Amazon. I yeah, I could have gone. I could have gotten the the PS5 because I had it pre-ordered on Amazon. Oh, but you just cancel it then. Yeah, because I didn't really see the point. Because like there wasn't really that many games launch. Hmm. But yeah, we learned from... the only game that had me interested was uh, Demon Souls. But like that's like a seventy dollar game. Why that? <laughs> I don't get, I don't I don't like that. That's seventy dollars. Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, yeah that's seventy dollars. That's like six hundred dollars. I'm be wasting. Well, the thing is, I already bought Final Fantasy Seven for like thirty dollars. So yeah, I have Final Fantasy Seven too on the PS Five, so I don't have to spend. So I just nearly spend like four ninety nine on the PS Five. Well, okay, you had the nice. discount and stuff, which I guess some most people probably wouldn't have had that. <laughs> yeah. But with this upgrade, it wasn't just, you know, better graphics and stuff that we normally, with the ray tracing. Yeah, they, know, they, they, they went ham on them explaining what went into the, the upgrade there. Yeah. The textures got touched, the, the frame rate. It went from a solid 30 on PS4 Pro to 60 fps which is like whoa how did you guys do that and the graphics the lighting got got reworked a bit um there was they added a picture mode and then and there was like a bonus episode with, with yuffie 
Yeah, so that bonus episode, I think that was the main selling point. And that's the thing that got a lot of people um, hyped about it, which basically is going to be treated like DLC. But the catch is it's only available for PS5, meaning that all those people that had the, the baseline PS4 version, they can't get this DLC until they get themselves a PS5. Luckily, Mario over yeah. here can actually get it. <laughs> that's but right. The rest of the people that got it with only a PS4, it kind of sucks. But I think the thing that probably blows the most with that is, is the matter of fact that this is only a year old game that's getting an upgrade and you already got DLC that ain't going to actually work with the baseline stuff that originally sort of kind of launched on. So I, I guess that sort of kind of aspect is rubbing people the wrong way though. But this kind of does confirm that the rest of the Final Fantasy VII remake for however many more games they're going to make is basically all going to be basically based on the P, you know the PlayStation 5 at this point moving forward though. Well, at least you can like upgrade the remake to the PS5 for free, which is pretty nice. That is the that's probably the the nicest news yeah. out of all of it. And then <laughs> there came the other news about FF7. <laughs> okay, first was none other than the first soldier, which the first of two different mobile games, which basically almost is like the Call of Duty version of Final Fantasy VII. No, no, no. It it was not, it's not Call of Duty. It's basically Fortnite Battle Royale where we're dropping boys. Goodness. Uh, Midgar. And I was like, what the heck? Shinra Shinra Buildings. (laughs) And they basically placed this like, like, I guess in terms of the timeline, this is basically everything that would have happened years before the events of what actually happened within Final Fantasy VII, like the whole soldier program. That's what the whole basic premise, or at least the plot of what was basically happening within this one type of a movie I, game. I thought the first soldier was going to be like a game about Sephiroth and you play as him. But nah, you were just some oh. random ass soldier. <laughs> you random old soldier just, just running on this field like shoot him up, shoot him up, get him up. Yeah, I guess we were just shooting people with guns. (laughs) Let's shoot them up, get them up, get them off this field. Swordsman. Uh, Where's the swordsman? Swordsman. I want Sephiroth to do the the Fortnite dance in this game. Oh, no, 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 no. All right, uh, we can't. can't. This this was definitely the worst one. So, yeah, it was the other one. it, it It was the worst one. However, I, I did like the trailer with the music though. They they made it seem like pretty mu- seemed like it was gonna be a bigger thing, and then I saw that I was like, oh shoot! But the next, I, one- I saw it, and then like Nicky's going on PC. There's no way this game's gonna run that smooth on a on, on Android devices. Yeah, so it's weird. They can. It's just weird with that smaller screen and everything. though. I, I don't know. It's something I, I kind of want to play with an actual controller though. But yeah, we'll see about that. I can see this game getting ported, but we'll have to see. No, the other game I definitely want to get want it to be ported. Which I do is too. Ever Crisis because Ever Crisis holds shoot with this one. It's a remake of Final Fantasy VII, but it stays true to it. The OG it stays true the OG. to the OG one. Yeah, and it it cleans up like a lot of you know all the models are sort of kind of cleaned up though, and it's not even like the overworld gives you that nostalgia from the OG games. But then when you go in battle and you actually look what's actually on the screen, this is what it actually looks in battle. It looks pretty sick, almost basically to the level like what Final Fantasy VII Remake almost looks like. It, it's kind of sick. I'm like, oh shoot. 
and, and the crazy thing about this is it's not just over Final Fantasy 7, the baseline games. It's about almost yeah. everything. Crisis Core, Advent Children, the whole kit and caboodle between all those different things that basically told out the whole Final Fantasy Dur- 7. Dirge of Cerberus before Crisis. Man, I, and I was like, and, yeah. and the matter of fact, this is going to be... BC, CC, DC. And the matter of fact, it's going to be episodic as well. Meaning that it's basically going to be something that's going to be constantly upgraded or upgraded, up, updated more likely, updated over time to give you more bits and pieces overall. I don't get why they released it on mobile. Like, no, now I feel like the reason, on, like platforms other than mobile. I feel like the reason why they did it is number one, you you can hit a wider audience by releasing it as a mobile game, though. But didn't Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition do the same thing? It was episodic when it was on mobile, and when it was all finished. They put all the episodes into one, and that's what we have on the Switch. Like, they ported it to consoles after that. So, I feel like Square might try to do the same thing. Do this episodic, have it all on the phone. But when it's all said and done and everything is done, then I feel like they'll go ahead and port it to consoles and PC and all that stuff. I would not be shocked and surprised if they do that. So, I guess the episodic nature and stuff will actually sort of kind of hold people over. Until like we get more Final Fantasy VII remake related stuff. Uh-huh. But yeah, so some pretty good stuff. I I'm I'm with you on that one. I'm ready to play this whenever it does drop. I don't play a lot of mobile games, but this one's one I'm I'm willing to bite the bullet up on though. But any other thoughts on the the Final Fantasy VII stuff? Uh, they better say chew to it. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to say. I, I, think, I think they will. Uh, I, I'm not worrying about this one too much, though, because the next one, well, we talked about it, but uh, we, we got to talk about it some more. Because uh, this week, we had the, the we had the Pokemon Presents presentation, and uh, me and Sakurai, uh, I was about to say me and Sakurai. <laughs> <laughs> Sakurai, Sakurai. Yeah, your, your, your uncle works at Nintendo. That's how you can talk with Sakurai. But yeah, me and Sonic, you over here, we actually gave our whole entire discussion because if we were to say everything we wanted to within this podcast, it would have been so long to where it probably would have been like a three hour long podcast instead of a two hour that we shoot for. So we have a whole video with me and Sonic's thoughts up on it, though, but we didn't get to hear Mario's thoughts. So I want to hear his thoughts before we sort of kind of remind him what we actually said. So what do you think about the DP remakes, man? I guess it's all right. Yes, it's all right. Is it? Is it everything you hoped and lived up for for the the hashtag Cinema Remakes confirm and and all that stuff? Well, as long as I, I mean, as long as I can play them in a pro in the first time, and yeah, as long as it looks good. Wait a minute, I kind of like the chibi aspect of the game. Hold on here. You said the first time. Did you play platinum, or was that the only thing you played? He I never played Gen 4. What the f- seen Jugger Conroy's let's play. Freak, man. What the He, he never freak? played Gen 4. Uh-uh, no, He no. just saw Lex play. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. It's about time we it's about time we, we, we say goodbye to Mario on, on the on the stream on the podcast. Uh, no, 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 no. You, you you cannot say you didn't play Gen 4 at all, period, man. And then you turn around and play what what was the next thing? No, it's alright that you didn't play. It's not why he didn't play Gen 4. It's the fact that he watched a Let's Play of it. That, too, stings me more. 
I was like, it's one thing if you would have just absolutely missed out on it. And it's a whole nother thing whenever you just say you watched a Let's Play. And I'm like, bro. Dude, don't get, just get Platinum. Nah, I'll just get the remake. I mean, the remake. It's not even a good one. <laughs> the remake to me, it looks cool. I like how it stays original and true. Although, honestly, and I, I've still been sitting and contemplating it since, since we had that whole discussion, Sonic U. I, I'm just thinking, I'm like, it's something about, golly, it's something either with that art style or the chibiness. Ah, I'm like, part of me digs it. And the other yeah, part of me is like, the what coloring. the heck? And it might be the coloring too. I don't know. Because honestly, I was thinking with these remakes, I thought they were going to be somewhat similar but a little bit different from how, the way how Let's Go was presented. Like, I didn't think they were going to be that chibi. And then when I saw them this chibi, I was like, I, I was flabbergasted because I, I was excited when I saw the DS booting up with the original Diamond and Pearl on there. And then I saw that and I was like, dang. I was like, they, they just flipped it on me though. But goodness, I ah, shoot. Well, that's probably I all know. I can say without repeating it, it, what at, I said before. At first glance, it really does look like a disappointment. But yeah, oh shoot. But yeah. I think I think that's all I got to say on that. Do you have anything else to say, Mario, before we move on to the next Pokemon announcement? Uh, nothing much. Can't wait to play the remake. Alrighty, and then the Ooh, next one. Go play the original ones. <laughs> and then the next one caught me completely by surprise. Seventy dollars. Oh shoot! We we managed to finally get the Breath of the Wild within Pokemon. It's finally here. They they deep dive. On Sinnoh's lore, even more. So, I, I'm, I do have some extra thoughts on that. Alright, well, you might as well go what ahead. If, what if they actually started development on that after the whole fiasco from E3? So they started it then, even though they actually still had people to still sort of kind of keep going through and working on Sword and Shield itself? Do you think that's as early as yeah. they started working on it? Or maybe that's the reason yeah, why they're yeah, not able I think, to do like, to everything. Because that, that you have to remember, that E3 in particular caused a very big, big stink. Like, you couldn't, like, I remember, like, it was all over social media. You couldn't, like, go anywhere without seeing, seeing like, people say, oh, this, what the heck are these Game Freak doing, whatever, why did they cut that the National Dex? I thought there was going to be, like, Breath of the Wild, because <laughs> that was around the time where you'd start seeing, like, Images of like Pokemon Trainer and Breath of the Wild setting. Mm-hmm. I guess they took that to heart. I guess they might have. Or I don't know. You see all these other like all of all these other Nintendo IP, like all these other Nintendo properties. Mario making the jump to like Odyssey, Zelda. Like they're not really abandoning, but like changing the formula up a bit with Breath of the Wild. And then you see Pokemon. Yeah. It's still doing like the exact same thing. To me, a Sword and Shield looked like a 3DS game. Wait, Sonic, you... Oh. Same thing, but on the 3DS. Hmm. Yeah, so you're basically saying... Wait, uh, wait. I think that's what... So either it was, it was like after E3... Where they started listening to like the to what people were saying, or if it was before, then maybe this is the game that they've been wanting to make. 
this is like a single player RPG, not like a not like you can go online and play against other people or trade. Okay. Yeah, cause yeah, cause yeah, cause I was like, I I was looking at this and I was like, hmm. Yeah, it does definitely seem more single player based, and it honestly makes me think: is this gonna be a game series where they're gonna be able to make a whole new series? Like, like it seems like Let's Go might get its own series. You have the original line, and then you have the remakes. But could they actually make it manage to make a fourth series that's based purely on a sort of kind of pseudo? Breath of the Wild like environment, and maybe they'll incorporate some of this stuff within the ne- the newer, most recent gens moving forward, though. But maybe could they have a new Legend series and always explain older stuff, or just throw like uh like Gen Four is getting the Legend treatment? Could we get the same time when the Gen Five remake comes in six years? Don't if and or but me about it. It's literally going to be six years from now, so y'all just wait and hold your horses. But for Gen 5, could we get a Legends treatment for that and explain, like, you know, all the stuff within and his ideals and stuff about truth and, and ideals and stuff with Zokrom and Reshrian and stuff back in the past? I feel like the Legends thing opens the road to, like, a lot more possibilities than the normal face value that what we see right now, though. But that's just me. But Mario, did you have anything to say? Can you hear Mario? You know what? I, I... I, I'm here, but it's just that Zori's cutting off. Yeah, he keeps oh, cutting wow. it out. Okay, hold on here. Let me, let me see if I can fix this real quick. Let me see if I can fix it real quick. Because I think I almost lost him for a brief second. Wait, can y'all hear me now? Good grief. But anyway, so in, in the meantime, while I'm trying to connect back to him, though, but yeah, th- there's quite a bit of stuff that's happening within um, Pokemon Legends, Arceus, like that, that I'm, I'm really looking forward to as well, though. So so hopefully um, this game actually lives up to the hype that it's um, supposed to be. Because, I mean, there's honestly some really good things coming to, coming down um Within this um within this series though. Alright, now can y'all hear me? Hmm. I guess I'm having some more technical difficulties. Try to still go ahead and shoot around the bush and try to figure out exactly um uh, what's going on though. But honestly some some really good stuff right there. Some some really good stuff that was um showcased off of that. So if y'all hadn't already done so Y'all can actually go ahead and uh, listen to that conversation that me and Sonic U actually managed to do uh, for everything that was related with um, everything related with the Pokemon Presents presentation that they were basically um, that they were doing within this whole entire thing, though. So, yeah, so honestly, some some really good stuff. Now, let me see if I can get him back in here one more time. There we go. All right. Now y'all can hear me. Yeah. What the heck was going on, huh? Oh, you know what? It might have been me showing the trailer off for the for the uh, the Pokemon stuff. <laughs> what did you remember to at least mute it? Pretty well. Uh, let me see here. I think. Did you mute the trailer so they you know can what? listen to us? I th- I think it was muted because I I muted yeah because the settings I had it muted down on I think originally 
unless someone actually goes back and actually watches it though but it, it's the same settings as what i had during the, the last thing so i think they carry over you know how obs saves anything and i don't remember turning those volumes back up so i think they were down obs is gay i hate it uh, i don't know it's weird it's good about saving stuff but um if, if you just don't happen to catch it while you're going live um yeah that that, that can be a thing that can be a thing but yeah, I think that was about it in terms of the, the Sakurai stuff, though. So, I mean, why do I keep saying Sakurai <laughs> in terms of the, the Pokemon Presents stuff? But y'all have any other last thoughts on that before we move on to the next topic? Wait, what? What uh, were you talking about? It was the, the last little stuff with um, Pokemon Legends. Oh, uh, nah. Okay. All right. That's what I thought. All right. So moving on to the next little thing. Uh, we, we started kind of run into like the rapid fire topics because there's not like a lot to discuss about certain things, though. But uh, the, the next thing we had was none other than a Sakurai Presents presentation was presented. And it's actually going to come out on March the 4th. Uh, when was it? March the 4th, roughly around in the morning time um, for all of us that are living here in the United States. I think the thing goes live either 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, if, if memory serves me right, though. But in terms of uh, everybody else, I do not exactly know, you know, their own respective times you're able to. I don't know. Hmm. But I'll be able to watch it live. I know Mario will be able to watch it live. But um, will you be able to watch it live, um, Mario? Or not Mario, Sonic? I should be able to. We just got to wake up a little bit earlier. I got you. Which I'm not, which I'm not looking forward to. Oh, to, to the waking up early? But that Xenoblade representation, Sonic, you, you're ready for it. Yeah, but we already have Xenoblade representation. We got me costumes of Rex and Nia. We got Shunk. Sir, don't act like you yeah. were losing your mind when, when, when Pyro and Mithra were showing up on that thing. Well, I, 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 yeah, I was. <laughs> so, like so you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. That's what I'm catching you doing over there. I had the biggest grin on my face. <laughs> I was so happy. The I character, know. the character I wanted to be in Smash got in. Because all these other characters, like, oh, these are pretty cool. And like, I didn't expect that. And then, <laughs> and then they put in Pyra and Mister. I'm like, oh shoot, oh shit, they're here. The Zito babes, the Zito Lysus, they're in. She's in. They're in, boys, they're in. And I was like, okay. I was like, oh, I was like, thank goodness. I was like, thank goodness they're in, because I was like, oh. My, my biggest wish is that they uh, they get released on the same day, just like later in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I wish. I mean, what, wasn't, wasn't that basically the same thing as like what Sephiroth did? I, I can't remember exactly when he dropped, but was yeah, he released in December? Not on the same day they showed him off on. Okay. Oh no, never mind, because that was during the uh, the Game Awards. So yeah, you're right. No, I, I was about to say because if they did, that would have been something. But yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to infor- um, the information. I think. Uh, in terms of their alts, I feel like we're going to get both of them with green hair to represent their third form. You're going to get the color swaps with Mithra with red hair, Pyra with blonde hair. That's going to be another one. You obviously got the I regular forms, and they're getting to get their swimsuits. I feel like those four are confirmed. I just don't know about the other four. 
I'm pretty sure that's yeah. They need the they need to have their swimsuits. They really do need it, or at least I'm really hoping though. But I feel like they can't. But the question is, if they were afraid to show Mithra's legs and stuff, like they they they're gonna go full blown out with their swimsuits for Power and Mithra? I, I don't know, but hmm, it, it'd be interesting nonetheless. I mean, Zero Suit Samus is able to show all that skin, so uh, they better let my girl show more skin. I mean, it's all about that skin. Nah, give it some No, the game is for for good boys and girls, sir. No, we ain't we ain't we ain't even gonna open up that can of worms with the way how people have been reacting to them being included up in there. Holy shit! Those people are dumb. I was like, no, I I just can't. I just can't. I can only tolerate so much. Truly, only so much. But yeah, that's basically it on that. So you're probably going to hear more of our full thoughts of how the character plays. I mean, honestly, by the time the next podcast comes around, the characters might actually have dropped by then. Probably got to see, get to see the um, the stage in action and get to see the characters, how well they play, how well they're able to combo, all of that kind of stuff. All the extra music that they got to choose and stuff. And then even some of the extra me costumes that they're going to put in within this update, though. So that might all be in by the next time we have the next podcast. So that'll probably be a good chunk of it, though. But I think that's basically all we have to say on that, though. All right, and then moving on to the next thing. In terms of the new game segments, I just want to go ahead and give a quick nod to these two games that just recently dropped out this week, and you'll probably hear more about it within some type of a future podcast um, coming up in the future, though, because the first thing we got was um, Persona 5 Strikers. I actually picked up the game at my local Best Buy, I got the game on Tuesday that it dropped because Atlas was being weird and the digital deluxe, for some oddball reason, dropped on the Friday and Sylveon over here managed to play it all early and stuff. And I was like, bro, I was like, I don't know why Atlas is acting all dumb like that, though. And I have to wait for my physical edition because pe- people thought I was crazy because I-, I-, I wanted to get it for that steel book. But oh. Atlas has always been like that, though. Like They only printed so many copies of Persona Q2 on like the special edition and that like i didn't remember because my GameStop only got like two and that was it really dang rip yeah yeah and uh i guess mario you still need to play uh persona you, i think did you have persona 5 did you buy it is this kind of sitting on your show no, you watched the let's play bro yeah, i got persona 5r so i don't know too much about it oh goodness i can't believe you're watching no play. you should he should have. He should have. It would have been funny. Bro. <laughs> I like play Persona Five, but it's, isn't it like kind of like a branch story? So there's like different shit. No, right Persona Five R, like it has the vanilla, and then it adds like at least twenty more hours of gameplay to like the original one, I think, or it was a ten. I don't remember. It like the game ends like after the new year. Cause that's when you leave, you know, that town, like like with all the other Persona games. But uh, I'm guessing this one's gonna take a, a few more months afterwards. Cause I haven't played Persona Five. I only played the original. Yeah, cause at the end of Persona, 5, I guess without giving too many spoilers away, basically it's like okay, they're at a summer trip or whatever though, and then literally Persona Five into that's based on Persona Five Vanilla's ending. Um, from Persona Five to Persona um Five Scramble, it's like that's the summer trip and it's literally going right off the heels of that. And that's where scramble is basically almost, um, picking up off of. 
So yeah, that that basically kind of gives you a sort of kind of time reference from going from I'm, five to. I'm scramble. pretty sure Scramble doesn't like cover any of the things in Persona Five R. They are like it's a true sequel to yeah. Perso- to the, the, the vanilla. vanilla Persona yeah. Five. Yeah, that's what I because you don't. Yeah, I don't get why that is, but whatever. I guess that makes Persona Five R non-canon. Yeah, essentially, it sort of kind of does, or its own branch off story, though. So yeah, so hopefully by the next time we have this podcast, probably within the next couple of weeks or so, I will have gone through the game and I'm able to actually give like sort of kind of like my impressions of what I'm thinking about the game, though. But a lot of crazy things, personal things, and just me personally not having time between those two major things. And y'all know about half of it. And then the other half only I know about. <laughs> but between all of that, I have not been able to get through and actually even boot up the game or even crack it out of the seal and stick it in my Switch, though. So hopefully by the next podcast, I would have played it. I'll be able to give more thoughts on it, though. And then the second game is none other than Bravely Default 2, which is... Personally- I have the game, but yeah. I just want to beat the first one, like, first. So, yeah, so I, I want to hear his thoughts on that because that was another game I was actually almost looking forward to and a game I probably was almost about to get. But then we had uh, Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury and Persona 5 Scrambled and Bravely Default 2 dropping all out in the month of February. And I was like, there's no way I can get three games. I can get two, but I can't get three. So ultimately, it got, you know, um, it got the shorter end of the stick, though. But maybe, depending on if I get a certain, you know, game drought, I might be able to go back and get Bravely Default 2. We'll see. So, um, about Bravely Default 2, there's been, like, some, like, I don't know, some stink about it, where JRPG fans, like, not even JRPG fans, like, casual people are, like, getting mad about the grinding and then you have these other people that say well yeah well you should know better because it's it's a jrpg to me i feel like the grinding part should not be required you know like Mm -hmm. because there are some jrpgs out there that don't require any grinding and reward skilled playing at lower levels to me I feel like grinding in in JRPGs should be a crutch, you know, like you get to the certain boss and you can't beat him because you're under level, so you you grind to beat him. Not you know the whole game should not be you just grinding because the game is like progressively getting harder, which you know it should be it should be at a point, but not too excessive to the point where you can't like progress anywhere. Yeah, there's always like a fine balance you have to do. It's like you want the player to earn it but at the same time you just don't want it to get like i think hammered. the game that ex- that that exemplifies what you just said is dragon quest 11 because there's not really that much grinding in that game there really isn't to be honest like I, I the only grinding you probably have to do i think is that the the true end, the, the true the true end boss i feel like most the people... cracking and and the post game yeah. Yeah. Oh, the Kraken? Yeah. I think that Kraken actually. There are some people that did. There are some people that. There were some people that did struggle on that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they should. They should. Those people that struggled on that Kraken should should definitely play Dragon Quest Eight then. There was a Kraken in that one too. <laughs> Bro. I hate that Kraken the first time I, I, I tried to fight it, but then like the, the other time I think I fought it, it was all right. But yeah, oh shoot. But yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of the. The, the recent release games that came out though but uh 
I think that's basically all we have to say on that. And then moving on to the very last thing, the last little major highlight I wanted to give out in this podcast for tonight is my experience with Bowser's Fury. And um, oh, let me uh, let me let me get out because I do want to experience that, like you know, going blind a little bit. Oh, you want to go blind? All right. Well, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll at you whenever I'm. I'll at you whenever um whenever I'm done giving my thoughts. It ain't gonna be too spoilery. It's it's like context without too much stuff, but. It, it will yeah, because like the only thing yeah. I know about Bowser Fury is that it takes like it takes the Odyssey approach, and the, it's just one big level. Like there's not really that much loading, from yeah. what I've heard. Yeah, it's right. crazy. Mm-hmm. All right, so I think so. I think he's about to dip out though. So I'll, I'll go ahead and describe my thoughts, and we'll, we'll bring it back in there once we're about to close everything out though. But so with the Bowser Fury stuff, whole freaking shoot. At least with with this one. I really love this experience. I'm not 100% done with this game because I do want 100% the thing and get all 100 cat shines. But at the same exact time, I managed to get over 50. I think I'm at 53 cat shines. So I was like, I've seen a good chunk of the amount of things. And I think 50 is what it takes in order for you to actually beat the whole entire game. So I was like, okay, I could beat Bowser at any point. And I managed to get 53 cat shines within one run. I think I might have dropped somewhere between like Somewhere between an hour or two, maybe it was exactly like maybe two hours or something like that, that I dropped in on this game, though. So I, I really loved the whole thing. The matter of fact, it was, you know, absolutely seamless. And the fact that you can move from one island to the other, I think it just goes to show the direction that Mario could be heading. Because imagine the scope of what is like a Mario Odyssey. But then let's just say we're just going to put all that together within one plane and basically almost treat Mario Odyssey and almost almost give it like that breath of the wild treatment that's what this game almost felt like the matter of fact that you were going around collecting different cat shines and then like roughly about almost every seven to nine minutes or something like that uh, fury bowser got to pop up um you know you know burning you (laughs) burning you alive with the fire you had to duck underneath cover and stuff i mean there was this really cool moments like that i love the fact that they added in the the photography the photography mode where you're able to take pictures and stuff because I could tell, at least with this game, it, it, it was taking a hit on the Switch because there were some moments, I think, in certain areas of the game where if you're running through, you actually manage to um, drop some frames. And I do know on the Switch, if you're playing in dock, it's 60 frames per second. And if you're in handheld mode, it's like 30 frames per second, though. So really, they had some really cool moments up in there, though. Uh, I really did like Bowser Jr. sort of kind of assisting you. At least for me personally, I had him assist me just a little bit just to kind of get the experience of it. But I didn't do too, too much on it, though. Because otherwise, I would have felt like, you know, I would have been sort of kind of like almost cheesing through the game, though. But did you say something, Mario? I just seen the gameplay from the leaks. Oh yeah. Someone was streaming. Someone streaming it when it came out, so I decided to just look at it. Oh, yeah, hey, that looks pretty alright. Oh, but were you ever gonna get it? Yeah, I don't plan on getting 3D World. To be honest, I got like so much games. Dang, I need right. to play. Man, I, I wish there was a way how you could have just played the the Fury Bowser experience because uh, it, it, it's 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 been it's been something. It's it's been truly something. And um, if you like getting all those different moons and stuff like what you normally did within Mario Odyssey, you're pretty much going to like the cat shines. I mean, you got those traditional Network ones game. where it's like you, you have to get like five different cat shine collectibles to make, actually make like a real cat shine. And there was moments like that, though. And, and, and 
the big highlight was obviously every time you got to duke it out with Fury Bowser when you got the Giga Bell. Because I think every now and then there was like a certain threshold, like you get five cat shines, then the next time it's like 15 and so forth. You got to have those major duke down moments. And it just really felt like a like a moment that you probably would see like in Godzilla versus Kong. Like you got to see like the, the area around you shrink down and scale because, you know, you were so much bigger along with Bowser. Oh gosh, I I I just love those little fighting sequences though, and I can't wait to actually see how it actually concludes when you do the final fight with Bowser though, because I think I have like a couple more fights I have to do against him in order to kind of get to the the normal ending though. But honestly, I really loved everything that was almost presented in this thing. And gosh, if if I had to rank just this one experience alone, just kind of recalling back uh what was actually shown on my Mario tier list back in the day whenever I did it with uh, Alexis Sonic Q and I don't even think you were there, Mario, whenever we did that, though. But I think I'll put it somewhere below Odyssey. Like, 64 to me was at the top. And then I think I had Odyssey. And then after that, I think it was Galaxy 2, if memory serves me right. So it's really, for me, like, I think this is either slightly above or slightly below Galaxy 2. But definitely not above Odyssey or where I would have put Mario 64. But that's that's basically where I put this experience because I, I just love that element of always having to be wary when Bowser pops out and he always tr- drastically changes the environments from the blocks that he made to fall down that you had him breathing fire and you have to take cover behind the stuff. So honestly, it's a really good stuff that was um showcased off within Fury Bowser though. And I'm curious whether or not they will obviously incorporate like the big open world aspect to what could be a big new future 3D Mario game that could be like an Odyssey 2 or whatever in the future, or if they will actually take this uh, approach and do like smaller scale Mario games like this, like this game is only three hours to beat, six hours to actually 100%, whether they do like smaller scale games like this and attach them to other future Mario games like this in the future, though, I don't know exactly uh, which kind of pathway they might actually take with it, though, but I mean, some really good stuff um, that they showed off in here, though, so you know what, if you hadn't already played it, go ahead and play it, and also I have to add this one little last little thing, uh, 3D World officially is by far, at least in my own opinion, the original baseline 3D Mario is my least favorite 3D Mario out of the whole entire series, at first it was Sunshine, but now that I've gone through and played every single one, I'm like, no, I actually have to put 3D World lower than Sunshine, I never thought I would say that, but I have to, because I was like, Unless you're playing that game with some friends, it was actually pretty bland. If you want to hear any of my other like initial thoughts on that, I did mention some more thoughts on the last um, Zarkast episode, I think episode three, where we talked mostly on the 3D world side of things. And then this one that I did was just purely on Bowser's Fury, though. But did you have anything else you wanted to say, Mario, based on what you saw or anything I previously said? I got nothing much to say about 3D World. Well, I'm going to get Silver in here so he can talk smack about you for talking shit. No, 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 no. We we ain't we ain't going to we ain't going to do that. We ain't going to do that here, man. We we ain't going to do it cuz uh, I I know how much he likes that game, but there's just absolute I just don't understand it. Like I got through all the 3D World and I was like, "Okay, you know what? I was like, it was a nice little experience, but it's nothing head over heels to fall in love with or nothing crazy like that. Cause normally when I play a Mario game, I normally get enthralled in it. Like I get super excited and I get super happy with it, but 3d uh, world for me, it, it, it just wasn't, 
it just wasn't doing it for me personally. Uh oh, don't let Silver Hughes we, we, say we that. We were just talking about yeah. that, and I was like, nope, uh, uh-uh, no, 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 no. He can hear it, but I ain't, I ain't gonna put up with it. I ain't gonna put up with it. Y- y'all know it's true. Y'all know it's true. But yeah, that's basically does it in terms of the Battles of Fury segment. So we got you back, Sonic Q. And I think that about does it in terms of all the topics I had in terms of this um, Zarcast episode tonight, though. So uh, any other concluding thoughts that you want to say before we go ahead and do the outros? Uh, go buy Dragon Quest XI. Yeah, go buy Dragon Quest. All right, he always says that. And what about you, Mario? Uh, I don't have anything much else to say. Silver's Angie. Yeah, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna snitch on you for that tomorrow. Do it! I dare you. I was like, no. Nah. He, he already knew it was coming. He already knew it was coming. I was like, no. Nah, he ain't gonna say nothing to me that I hadn't heard before, though. But, but yeah. So that that's that's basically gonna do it in terms of this um this Zarcast episode four that that we that we did so we we just about to wrap up though so uh uh where can they find you at um sonic you just follow me on twitter i need more followers the man needs Uh, more followers go follow him and uh if you like seeing xenoblade art i like retweeting a whole bunch of it that's basically yeah i like retweeting pyre i like pyre you know I also like to retweet some sometimes of Konosuba, especially Aqua, NSFW. Sorry about that. <laughs> I know, I know. You be putting that stuff on the timeline, and I'm like, bro, I can't. Yeah, but you, you already know how I be with Aqua. You, you you would say anything if I retweeted some darkness NSFW though. Well, shoot, mm-hmm. no, no, I I can't talk about that on the podcast. I really can't. But um, what about Mister? What about Mithra, huh? I can't. I can't do that. Are they gonna not, do not, not, cancel you? No, no, not here, not here. We we, we can't do it. Uh, not here, not here. We'll, we'll talk about it after this is <laughs> off the air. After it's off the air, then we can talk about it. All right, Mario, where can they find you at? They can find me on Twitter at expert underscores knows and on my YouTube channel Saga Team Studios. Go watch my love life animation. I, uh, I, give you, I give you props, even though yeah. I'm not I'm not a big fan of it. Though I know it takes some some hardcore dedication and in, in terms of uh, actually animating and doing all that stuff, because it, it seems like it's not an easy long process to actually make those kind of videos. Because they wind up being like what thirty second videos on your end. Well, it's kind of easy to be honest. The thing is, I just get kind of lazy when I'm animating. Oh, because I, I heard it, it kind of took you a long time in order to kind of get it going. Maybe you have more of a rhythm for it now. So I guess you're able to do it easier. Is this, I guess, time is the big. Well, the big I got a brand on laptop, so I'm probably make things much more faster. I got gotcha. you. I want to. I just want. I just want Pyro to be real. Man. If Mithra is real, man, oh shoot, this channel wouldn't even be real. This channel wouldn't even be real because I'll be doing so much stuff with her. I wouldn't have time for nothing Bruh. else. I wouldn't have time for nothing else. All the free time would go to her. Well, anyway, that's that's gonna about do it in terms of this uh, podcast, though. So if you really like this video, make sure to go ahead and hit that like button. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and that bell to stay up to date 
on all things video game related, pop culture related, anything else I feel like discussing y'all. So I'll see y'all next week for the big number, or not next week, a couple weeks from now, the big Zarkas episode five. So remember y'all, until whatever video I make next, see y'all.